Welcome to The Savvy Innovators, presented by BMC Software. Your host for the program is Bonnie D. Graham. This program will help guide you to look at innovation in your business as an effective means to a more impactful digital future. Find out how innovative technology can make a difference for your enterprise. Now, here is Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you, sir, whoever you are. Bonnie D. in the house. Happy to be here. We got a hot topic for you today. You've been hearing about it. It's buzzy, but it's real. Everybody's talking about it, and it's time for your company to understand it better and do something about it. So let me, and by the way, I have to say, I love the music that the team at BMC picked for this show because it just gets me dancing and moving, and we have an exciting topic that goes with that music. So I have two opening quotes here. We call them the buzz. I have one from UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon on the UN's adoption of SDGs, that's Sustainable Development Goals, for 2016 to 2030. And we're now almost at the end of 2023, so we're kind of in the midpoint there. Let me read this to you. Be a global citizen. Oh, my. Act with passion and compassion. Help us make the world safer and more sustainable today and for the generations that will follow us. That is our moral responsibility. And here's the other part of the quote from him. I love this. Listen up, Wendy and Nathaniel. I haven't even introduced them yet, but they're paying attention. There is no plan B because we do not have a planet B. I thought that was really clever. We have to work and galvanize our action. We're using resources as if we had two planets, not just one. That's one quote. Then I have a second buzz quote. Nathaniel likes that. This is from an author named Naomi McLaughlin. You haven't seen this yet, Wendy. Her book name is so long it could take up the whole show. How to Apply Global Goals to Your Business, the number one guide to becoming greener, leaner, and more profitable by applying the 17 Sustainable Development Goals. That's the title. But here's the quote. Imagine your business and you as a leader to become the go-to person in your field as you are the pioneer in initiating changing behaviors that are wanted and needed by the people you serve with your products and services. I bet it took her a while to write that. That's involved, but it's, it's to our point. So let's look at the whole topic from the big holistic side. What if every ADE, we've got a lot of uh, alphabet soup here today, autonomous digital <laughs> enterprise. What if every autonomous digital enterprise recognized CSR, corporate social responsibility, as an organizational imperative with the power to reshape the business landscape, not just nice to have, maybe one day we'll think about it, no more. Investing in and establishing CSR, and we have more ESGs, environmental, social, and government, it should have been the Alphabet Soup Show. Initiatives through purpose-driven programs can help companies like yours. And I'm pointing out into the verse, whatever part of the verse you're in, because we're talking to businesses all over the world, not just one industry, not just one footprint, right? Nathaniel and Wendy, not just one product or one solution, we're talking to businesses all over. Companies like yours to do more than just become better global citizens. It's bigger than that. By aligning with your stakeholders' key values, and we're assuming we're all aligning on those values that we understand them, you can become a business that customers want to buy from and that employees want to work for. You need people working for you, with you, your advocates, your evangelists, your producers, and you want customers to want what you've got. Here's a reality check, and this may shock a lot of people in our audience. CSR, corporate social responsibility, is neither a department nor a function. What is it? A collective purpose shared by a committed team that includes employees, customers, partners, and the communities where they work and live. And since most every company today is global, right? Nobody's just local anymore. The communities where they work and live and where their products and solutions are used really is the world. I'm going to say that. One path, aligning with the UN's SDGs, 
and their vision of improving lives through social progress and sustainable development. I have two experts who've been waiting patiently for me to slog through this introduction, and we're going to talk to them now. Wendy Rentschler at BMC Wave. Hello, there she is. Wendy, so happy to have you. Thank you so much. You're a very busy lady, and I know this means a lot to you, and we're, we're very honored to have you on the show today. And we have Nathaniel, thank you. We have Nathaniel Comer. He is the founder of Sunscreen IT. If you're on LinkedIn, you have to take a look at that gorgeous logo. We love the BMC logo too, but he did it, did it in sunny yellow and there's all kinds of meaning to that with the sun, with the burst around it, sunscreen IT. And we're happy to have you, Nathaniel. And the title of our show Thank today you. is Changing the Game through Corporate Social Responsibility. I didn't realize, Wendy and Nathaniel, I had so much alphabet soup here. We have the SGDs, we've got the ADE, we've got the CSR, we have the ESGs. I, I just, I don't DEI and ERGs too. Don't forget that. There you go. I really couldn't, could I? So let's do some introductions. I'm so happy to see both of you. Two of, two of you today, so you've got a lot of talking, but we're going to follow our three-minute rule that we do on these shows. So no lecturing and no presentations, and we're going to bounce back and forth and see who agrees with whom and who disagrees with whom. And that's going to be the fun part. I know you're both up for that. So no disagreement here. Wendy Rentschler is first. Wendy, I'm going to attempt because we're getting a lot of freezing. I'm going to attempt to put you on full screen view so everybody can see you. Would you please take three or four minutes? I give you four because there's only two of you on the panel. Wendy, would you please introduce yourself? Tell us what you do, why are you here? What, why does this matter to you? And why should we consider you an expert on this? Wendy, welcome. Thank you, thank you. I'm excited to be here. So my name is Wendy Rentschler and I lead Global Corporate Social Responsibility at BMC Software. Under that umbrella, uh, we have our ESG, sustainability, diversity, equity, inclusion, and our philanthropic work, which we refer to as BMC Cares. All of those departments intersect with one another and are grounded in you the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And I have been in healthcare and tech space for over 15 years, working in a multitude of different roles from HR, talent acquisition, diversity, equity, inclusion, corporate social responsibility, product development, marketing, sales, operations. I have even, you know, catered some parties every once in a while, <laughs> just everywhere in the business, um, because it really does... Uh, Corporate social responsibility, diversity, equity, inclusion, sustainability, those are all things that are purpose-driven in your business. It is the core of your business. And 70% of most businesses' investments are in their human capital, meaning their employees. And so it is an investment, and we know that the buying center and human capital and the talent market now really are aligned to purpose-driven culture. And we're seeing that more and more ever since covid and so my role really with BMC and with clients in the past and within our ecosystem is to help cast that lens of how you can become a purpose-driven business and really lean into what you do as an organization to give back to the, or the world. So that way you can be an employer of choice and you can be a supplier of choice within your own ecosystems. Because at the end of the day, we do know that this is becoming the business imperative of our time uh, for organizations across the world. Thank you very much. So you agree with one of my opening statements that it's not just a, well, we'll do it someday. It would be nice to have, yeah, we'll get there when we feel like it. It's a business imperative, right? 
Yes, there we, absolutely. There we go. Thank you. And you have made it an imperative, obviously, in your work. Wendy, pleasure to have you here. Nathaniel, I have to be very formal. He said I couldn't call him Nat or Nate or Nathan. It's Nathaniel. <laughs> I didn't say you couldn't. Well, I asked you what you wanted to be called, and you said before. So I've got all the syllables lined up. Nathaniel, I, we had a prep call the other day. It was delightful to meet both you and Wendy. So I, I know you a little bit. Nathaniel, I want to hear all about what is sunscreen IT? Why do you do this? Why are you here as an expert? Why is this important? important to you. Nathaniel, go ahead, introduce yourself, please. Thanks, Bonnie. Well, look, it's it's an honor to be here, uh, albeit daunting on a live broadcast. So don't swear, don't, you know, use any profanities. We're not going to talk about politics. But yeah, uh, my name's Nathaniel. I'm the uh, I'm the founder and, and CEO of Sunscreen IT Group, which consists of two entities. We've got the Sunscreen IT Foundation, which is a registered charity, and Sunscreen IT uh, business. So we're the world's first and only IT asset disposal services company and registered charity. Those two entities coexist one for the other. Um, I met, uh, had the honor and luck of meeting teachers from West Africa in 2008 when I was maybe six years into my um, kind of global IT vendor career, which has been in Sun Microsystems, hence the name Sun, um, then Oracle, CompuWare, and then nine years at BMC. And I've recently left BMC to take this full time back in April this year. So I met um, teachers from West Africa. I asked them what computers you have in the school, thinking they would tell me they had none and that we could maybe get some laptops and send them back to Africa with them. They told me a story which shocked me to my core uh, in 2008, how developed nations have flooded uh, developing nations, largely West Africa for us over in this part of the world and other developing nations in Latin America and places all over the world. They, they flooded um, IT waste and electronic waste into those soft target nations. And under the guise of charity, which has been misused, that tons and tons, millions of tons of electronic waste have been dumped there. They've been seen as a resource, but the problem is there are no factors to recycle those. And we, the developed nations, have created the most toxic places on earth. I've been there myself. Mm. It's harrowing. When I myself I have children, we know today there are 18 million children who are existing on these digital electronic waste dumps globally, picking metal, burning the devices, inhaling them lung cancer rates through the roof these are the people that are supposedly were supposedly the beneficiaries of the donations for ending the digital divide they've got only toxic waste to show for it so i saw this in 2008 and at the time i was selling thin clients amongst many other things in sun microsystems to businesses all over the world Thin Client is a wonderfully sustainable desktop and very, very ecologically sound. And I thought something's got to be done. This was 14 years ago. I continued my career, but at the same time built a project which is volunteer based. And I built it to the level now where it's viable for me to take a, uh, a salary from it, albeit a 70% pay cut from leaving BMC. And now what we do is encourage large companies to move to my accredited global list of IT asset disposal providers. Those disposal providers fund my charity through the margin that they make. So the customers don't have to make any sacrifices, but what they get in return is a surefire charitable outcome. And the charity, which is run by some phenomenal trustees, delivers sustainable IT access to children in, in areas of economic need throughout the world. Uh, West Africa, uh, Sierra Leone, Ghana, and, and the UK to date. 
All I can say is, wow, Nathan, the message I got from you is that well-intentioned contributions, donations, giving can go completely in the wrong direction. And you talk about the toxicity of the waste that, that these people are getting and the horrors. Being Having a good heart is not enough today, is it, Wendy and Nathan? You have to know what you're doing. You have to know what the ramifications are. There are all kinds of technical, oh, we're going to give you all our old computers. Aren't we wonderful? Not anymore. It's very, very complex. And this is something that, Nathaniel, that is probably a, a, a very teachable moment. Would you agree, Wendy? A teachable moment where you just shared with yeah. us. Absolutely. Responsible IT asset distribution is just reusing, upcycling. It's one of these, another business imperative for so many organizations. And, and not you know only what? that, but also their giving, you know, just being intentional. Sure. Like but if you think about CSR, we call it corporate social responsibility, but it's not social when you're giving them devices that are causing a toxic life to uh, them. And, that's not social anymore. Yeah, yeah. That, mm. that's anti, anti-human, anti-humane. Mm. So CSR, I think today we're going to coin a new term and I'm going to leave it up to Wendy and Nathaniel to come up with that. I'm not going to do it. The two of you are maybe Janelle or Hannah or Stephanie behind the scenes, our wonderful producer, our, my showrunners at BMC. Maybe they'll put something in the chat on what we can coin something besides CSR. It's corporate what responsibility. It's not just social anymore. It's not I'm going to be nice. It's what are you doing to be nice? I'm, I don't want to get off on a tangent on this, but I think that's important. Nathaniel, you pointed out something very key because people think, oh, I'll just donate. Anyway, what I want to do is move on. We've got so much to talk about. Wendy and Nathaniel, you have very diligently and very thoughtfully picked a fictional quote from, looks like two movies today, from characters who obviously aren't speaking about CSR or SGDs or anything like that, or ADEs. I'm doing the alphabet soup here thing. And I'm going to read the quote, Wendy, yours first, from Yoda. I would try and do a Yoda voice here. I've asked you to pick a fictional quote, and you're going to relate it to our topic. That's what we do on, on the show. It makes it a lot of fun. So Yoda, voiced by Frank Oz, Star Wars Episode V. That's five for those of you who didn't learn Roman numerals. The Empire Strikes Back, 1980 American epic space opera film. I still don't understand what a space opera is. I don't know if anybody's singing. This is the sequel to Star Wars, 1977, the second film in the Star Wars film series, the fifth chronological chapter of the Skywalker saga, blah, blah, blah. And Yoda, in case anybody has been living under some kind of a rock, is a fictional character in the Star Wars universe, first appearing in the 1980 film, the Empire Strikes Back. He's a small green humanoid alien, powerful with the force and a leading member of the Jedi Order until it's near annihilation. There we go. Okay, here is the quote. Uh, Wendy, do you want to do the quote in a Yoda voice? Can you do a Yoda voice? I cannot do a Yoda voice, but I want to hear you do the quote and attempt okay. a Yoda voice. Okay. I think Bonnie should, yeah. Oh yeah. dear, yeah. I didn't practice this. Stephanie, we didn't when talk about my practice. Difficult to see. Always in motion is the future. Was so that more awesome. like CP three O? I don't know. <laughs> Wendy, rescue me! We're from like Family Guy, isn't it? Did you like that? That was fantastic. Thank that you. made my morning. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. I, okay, go ahead, Wendy. Explain. I'm going to put. I'm going to try to put you on speaker view. Tell us in three minutes. What does this have to do with our topic? Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I think that quote in general really speaks to everyone and everything from the global catharsis we've all gone through during COVID to really become more purpose-driven as humans, but also as corporations. What Yoda is saying to Luke in that moment is 
you can plan for the future, but life is very unexpected and you trying to bend your will to what you hope your desired outcomes are, are only really going to set you up for failure. And I think that that really strikes a chord specifically like with corporations, you know, triple, the triple P accounting methodology of people, planet and profit came out in the early nineties. This has been something on the radar ESG for over 20 years now and only really innovative people that saw it coming and saw that the future of millennials and generation Z, the biggest buying center of products today in the world, were really going to be purpose driven. And, you know, organizations stay on the course, stay on the course to be purpose driven. Things are going to pop up like COVID and social unrest, but staying the course, be agile, be iterative when it comes to your corporate social responsibility and aligning yourself to SDGs and being governed by ESGs. And to organizations that are trying to bend will to continue to do business as normal, they're finding it's hard to get talent. It's hard to continue to be relevant in this market. And so becoming a part of the journey, because you mentioned something about planet B earlier. I think that's sometimes a misnomer. A lot of folks are always like the planet, it's us. Like the planet is still going to be here. We will not if we don't take action now. And that I think is very, very important on a multitude in a multitude of ways. Thank you very much. I pre I'm glad you like my Yoda. Nathaniel, how did I do on Yoda? Was that okay? No, uh, exquisite. I thought it was Yoda. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, here I am. I never mind. We won't, we won't go I, I, there. I, Thank I, you. And I just wanted to, if I may, follow yes, on, on, please, on Wendy's please. point there. He yeah. said something really important there. We say, let's save the planet. But I think, I think we're, we're dressing up something um, with that. The planet's going to be fine. We are talking about the, not, let's not be dramatic, the extinction of humankind. We're saving ourselves right? and saving ourselves from an incredibly painful, fast set of changes, which will and no doubt end lives, but demand that we have to change. And I think that's a really important point that Wendy made there. We're saving the planet sounds all very nice. The psychology of loss and Wendy, what you said about... Um, Yes, we've known about this since the 90s, right? And, and Al Gore and since the 50s, truth. since the 50s. Right, well, yeah, right. Really and if you now. look at the history of human nature and what drives um, significant step change, unfortunately, most of the time history has shown us is is a measurable pain. So we will be the frog in the in the heating water until that time that it's 1930s in Germany and suddenly something's got to stop you know but but it's been going on a long time i think we're at that point now where it's undeniable that we have to look up or whatever phrase you want to use and nathaniel the point is and wendy that it has been going on a long time that's the point mm. We're just mm. now saying, okay, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. That is the point that it has been going on. That's why we're here. Let's go on, Nathaniel. I have a. I don't know how to do a Gandalf, Gandalf, however you want to pronounce it. You are Gandalf. I don't know. Uh, played by Ian McKellen, of course, the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, and this is a 2001 epic fantasy adventure film. It's not an epic fantasy opera film. It's not a space out. It's epic fantasy. Ian McKellen. 
portrays Gandalf the Grey, an Istari wizard and mentor to Frodo. I have all the cast here, directed by Peter Jackson, blah, 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 set in Middle Earth. Now, Middle Earth, interesting to me, is hyphenated, middle with a capital M dash, Earth lowercase e. The Dark Lord Sauron seeks the One Ring, which contains part of his soul. In order to return to power, the ring has found its way to the young hobbit Frodo Baggins. The fate of Middle-earth hangs in the balance. I've got the balance here. As Frodo and eight companions, count them, Fellowship of the Ring is them, is they, begin their journey to Mount Doom in the land of Mordor, the only place where the ring can be destroyed. And here's the quote Nathaniel has picked from Gandalf. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. How'd I do on that one, Nathaniel? Is that okay? Exquisite. Yeah. <laughs> Too truly. exquisite. Wendy, yeah. nobody's ever Grammy, told me I Grammy do quotes level. exquisitely. Okay. Nathaniel, we want to know what in the world this has to do with our topic. I think we know, but we want to hear you. And Wendy, I'm going to get ready to pick one of your discussion statements for after. Go ahead, Nathaniel. We're ready. Well, I mean, I think it's obvious. The word is time, right? What to do, what we, what we all should do. And, and, and the time is of the essence, right? If you read the news today, the news topics are China is now officially saying it's the worst heat wave in 500 years. Okay, that's China. It's not this tiny island called the United Kingdom, right? It's uh, a very large landmass. And then um, I think two thirds of Pakistan are underwater today. Okay, the UK saw the highest temperature, not by a point of a Celsius, but by several Celsius, way above what it was. This isn't a film unfolding in hours, but it is unfolding in months we're watching. And so I think, look, go back to the quote, what we have to do is decide what, 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 none of us know how much time we have, right? Not to be too morbid, not to be too, you know, we, we have no. millions of years left as a human race, but things are changing quickly and there is no more denying it. Okay. It, it is at our doorstep. It is, is above our heads, wherever we are in the world. And, you know, the Garden of Europe, you know, Spain's olive oil production is in the news yesterday saying it's obliterated through the heat waves and France and uh, Lord knows what's happening in Ukraine with the weather versus the um, turmoil there as well. So I think it is time for us to decide what we do. And again, that's one of the reasons why I made the leap and said, right, I, I can't leave this as a side project anymore. It was actually watching Leonardo DiCaprio in that film that, that one of the things when we say, okay, no, I'm, I'm doing this. I knew I was doing it and I'm doing it now. We don't have time and we do have Thank to decide you. what we're going to do. And again, the word time has come into our conversation, right? It's been going on a long time. We don't have time. I keep freezing, but we're still talking and I know you can hear me. The freezing will, yeah. there we go. We're, it's very intermittent now. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to get this to the genius bar one of these days, Nathan. You're going to help me carry it. Okay. Let's go. Thank you both for the quotes. I appreciate it. And I'm glad you picked classic movies that everybody knows because that, that helps people say, what? They're talking about Gandalf and the show about sustainability. Are you kidding me? And that makes people listen up. And what? We're talking about Yoda? Oh my goodness. So thank you both. Very, very well done. Wendy Rentschler. We're going to go to our round table. I have put your statement number two. I think it's a good foundational point for us to start. This is a serious part of the show. No laughing. No more smiling, Nathaniel. I'm only kidding. No, this is a friendly conversation. Wendy can't help it. Okay, we're going to start with this. I'm going to read the statement very brief and to the point. Well done, Wendy. And I'm going to ask you to expand it or unpack it. We're going to be like in the news. Unpack it. 
Then when Wendy's done, Nathaniel, remember we rehearsed this. You're going to be sitting a little toward the edge of your, <laughs> you see, he's smiling. You're going to sit toward the edge of your chair because you're going to be in the moment. And Wendy says in the zone, right? Wendy, that was your term. He's going to be in the zone. And you're going to be ready to pounce on that statement. And Nathaniel, it's going to be either agree or disagree with Wendy. Provocative, but business polite disagreement is welcome <laughs> and appreciated but you're going to talk anyway for three minutes and then i will pick a statement from you nathaniel i'll put it in the chat not to distract you and we'll go back and forth and see how much we can cover so wendy says csr is evolving across various industries leveraging the intersectionality of dei volunteerism and sustainability wendy this is a simple sentence and it is so packed with so much terminology and so much meaning, I want you to take four minutes. I'm giving you an extra minute to unpack it. Wendy, go ahead. Thank you so much, Bonnie. Yeah, so corporate social responsibility, I think historically in a lot of organizations, first it's defined differently everywhere. Some companies, corporate social responsibility is only their philanthropic work, right? Some companies, they maybe don't have a purpose, but they are just you know giving based on what's happening. But corporate social responsibility overall and its maturity model and the actual definition of it has really evolved to start to include diversity, equity, and inclusion, the BMC care or volunteerism, as well as sustainability. Because when you really take a step back, sustainability, climate change, like who are the most adversely impacted communities across the world, historically excluded communities, mm -hmm. diversity, equity, and inclusion. When you take a step back, what are we really trying to do? We're trying to bring historically excluded communities to the table and have inclusive conversations and create belonging so we can prioritize inclusion to drive innovation. And then finally, you know, through volunteerism or you know, philanthropic work, how can we support all of those things so that they're interconnected? I do find in my peer groups often that the ways that they do the work sometimes aren't as impactful and they come to me because they have that challenge because those things are three separate functions in the organization they exist in today. And it doesn't make sense to fund a ton of upskilling schools across the world to bring historically excluded communities to tech if you're not working hand in hand with your diversity, equity and inclusion department and your talent acquisition department and your employee resource groups. It makes sense to bring all of these things together to have the most significant impact and really drive change. Vice versa, something that we do um, at a couple of the organizations I've worked at in the past and I've been interviewed a lot about is bringing this to employee resource groups. So in our employee resource groups, for example, doing micro lending, like Kiva micro lending, creating economic empowerment and financial literacy to historically excluded communities, specifically in countries where we know the talent workforce is going to be dominant by 2050, specifically in India and in countries in Africa. So mm. why wouldn't we start to, and we need to start investing in building economic empowerment because yeah, mm. the person that you're gonna help micro lend solar panels to is probably not gonna work for your tech company, but their kids are. So doesn't it make sense for us to really start to invest in the future in these small ways that are also employee engagement opportunities. And so when I say that corporate social responsibility is evolving, it's evolving because it's becoming purpose-driven within your business. Like I work with product teams, I work with our sales team, I work with our marketing team, accounting operations, because this is something that is just a data point in the way that we live and breathe from our micro, like our website accessibility to how we low code our products so that they use less greenhouse gas emissions 
in the in the circle of life that we're all trying to reduce so thank you wendy and you brought up another dimension of time you may not be aware of it but you said they might not work for your company but their children might mm. so now we mm. did time goes by like this but look, you know? we, we've got three, we've got the past, right? This has been going on for years. We've got the present. We don't know how much time we have. And then we've got the future of where ch the next offspring, the next generations, I'm putting S plural on there, mm. will be part of this if we are taking enough care of the a, plan A planet rather than the plan B planet, which isn't doesn't exist, and, and leaving a legacy and giving opportunities for the children to continue it. So we've, I think we've rounded out the time spectrum. I just, I'm trying to pick up on these little nuggets you, you both of you are dropping on this theme of where are we all going with this? Nathaniel, are you, I, I don't see you sitting on the edge of that chair. Can you move up a little bit, please? Just to I'm, uh, there he is. I'm he not too in. relaxed. You lean, too no, relaxed. you're fine. Okay, go ahead. Agree or disagree with Ms. Wendy Rentschler. Go ahead. No, 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 of course agree. And I, I wanted to pick up on a, a couple of points then. None more so than that. Um, you know, I have a dream that my children, you know, that forward looking, you plant a tree, you'll never sit in its shade, but the future generations will benefit. You know, um, those famous words, I have a dream, we all know. Um, that's what we're all about. So when we're, you know, deploying um, sustainable IT to to those communities, we're thinking, especially with, with, with encouraging women to get into IT. You know, educate. Uh, it's a, take it or leave it, but you educate a woman, you educate the family. Okay, especially in those excluded communities and the developing nations. And that's exactly the vision that over time that community works itself out of poverty and in a way becomes a community that a migrant employing force can think okay there are enough people there to go and invest in that community and that's a permanent change for that area which was previously it illiterate and um and that's a permanent change you know the, the next cure for cancer isn't necessarily going to come from a brain in the northern hemisphere and nor should it so we need to get access like that and that's that's what we're all about but going back to going back to the point and seeing how how csr or esg now as it's maybe more commonly referred to um has evolved it's so heartening to see the change it is why i love what i do because my job is to go out and find companies that align to our principles who are more likely to come mm -hmm. on board with our our business and our charity model and i go and research and find these companies and it's so beautiful to see that there is a hidden unspoken army of people like wendy doing phenomenal things at bmc in terms of transforming you know that the whole csr piece at bmc over the nine years i was there unrecognizable to look at her background you know how many different diverse impacts are happening big and small and the ripple effect that has right six thousand employees at bmc but because of how comprehensive the inclusion and the, the encouragement is uh, from Wendy, it's just an example, right, in BMC, there are many others out there. But, but that ripple effect, if you think two or three people as well, will know that that employee is doing it. So it's not 6,000, it's maybe 18,000 people who are now thinking in that way. And that encouragement has a massive effect globally, right? So that's, that's wonderful. Things examples like how we work with uh, Ralph Lauren who who have done a phenomenal job in changing their entire manufacturing process globally from um, ecologically sound less chemically oriented dyes less water usage less carbon usage recycling the materials making sure there's a circular economy in the materials um, end of life and you know and 
um, Credit Suisse now a really good example as well in the financial uh, industry where they've, you know, Andreas and, and Iris there at Credit Suisse have, have, have created and, and others there, not just them, but they've created a framework which is really guided in very clear terms along the framework of the United Nation Sustainable Development Goals, which is lovely to see because all these examples make it really easy to copy. And whilst you could say, well, mm -hmm. I'm going to create my sustainability to be the best and we're going to get competitive advantage and get more business. Great. Good luck to you. But it's such a good example. It's so tangible and I have loved seeing it. There are some laggards as well. And it's, and it's lovely to meet those because they need our help more, <laughs> right? They do. And we can say, hey, we can provide ESG reporting and have you thought about carbon scope one, two, three and all these other things. So. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful evolution, and thank God we're seeing it. Yeah. Thank you, Nathaniel. And and you brought up an interesting point to me is, is there a competitive race to say I'm more sustainable than you are, and I'm more in the global economy <laughs> than you are, and I'm doing more? Say, Re I, yeah. don't, I don't mm. think so. And and I don't want to get into that right now because I want to move on. But okay. you you yeah, a little bit touched is. on your next yeah. statement where I want to go. But Wendy, I'm going to give you a, a minute or so to respond to anything Nathaniel said. Go ahead, Wendy. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that just seeing like the evolution in the industry as a whole, like Nathaniel brought something up earlier around like him, his transition to like going full time with Sunscreen IT. And I took the job at BMC. I had like two other job offers, one being my dream job, but really at that moment in time going through, you know, COVID, the murder of George Floyd, like just so much was going on. I was like, what can mm. I do to like help? You know, and I realized that like lending business acumen to corporate social responsibility and to diversity, equity, and inclusion to help make the business case and really drive was where I could bring the most value. And I'm finding that so much more now in people's uh, career tra trajectories and like how they're mm -hmm. deciding what their next step is, like really becoming more purpose-driven and how they live their lives. And that really lends to corporate social responsibility really being in like to every fiber of a business. I'm sensing a sense of excitement, sensing, sensing. I'm sensing an excitement at least. Well, Wendy, I've, you're over the moon with what you do and you're, you're so, you have so many areas that you're touching in BMC and, and in the community. Nathaniel, I, I sensed this joy, the joie de vivre in what you're doing in creating your company and creating the two parts of your company and finding the company's to join you, to, to, to share your mission and your vision, mm. get the companies that are aligned and bring them on board. This is very interesting. So let's stop there, but I just, I wanna go into the next statement. Nathaniel, I put it in the chat for you uh, a little early. I hope I didn't distract you, but I wanna make sure we don't freeze in between here. This is interesting. And I think you touched on this just a little. That's why I was trying to stop you a second there. I wasn't sure where you were going. Nathaniel's number yeah. three statement is, listen, e-waste recycling, that's e-waste, recycling needs to be ramped up as the mining currently being done to create new electronic devices and gadgets is unsustainable. So let's talk about creating new electronic devices and gadgets before mm. you were talking about, these are my leftovers, my hand-me-downs, go, we'll ship them off to there, we'll do good, happy, happy, everybody's got my used PC, and then you've got toxic waste dumps and kids inhaling bad stuff. So let's talk mm. about the new. Nathaniel, I'm gonna put you up on speaker. Let's have three minutes of Take four. I gave four to Wendy. I got to be fair here to both of my kids. I'm not Go counting. Ahead. Go ahead, Wendy. It's Go ahead, Daniel. 1985. All Bill over Gates, again. <laughs> Microsoft released Windows, right? At that point, there were hardly anyone, there was hardly anyone who had a PC in the house. And if they did, they had a brain the size of a, you know, a, a, 
a small moon and that you know the access wasn't there if you think that's only 35 years ago and the computing power in everyone's pocket in the iphone or android whatever you choose is now infinitely better than the computing power that was in these big old machines but not only that it's in your kettle it's in your bluetooth fridge for goodness sake that'll tell you in the extremes when you're low on milk like you need a fridge to tell you that you know this over-engineered world we live in which is marvelous but it's a little bit over the top when we consider some of the facts that we know right now that gold and silver supplies we're talking raw mining um, are projected to uh, and copper and platinum raw mining materials are projected to kind of run out in the next 20 15 20 30 years depending on which which of those um stats you know where they come from right that's the earth will run out of copper and platinum and gold and silver right but there's already 65 billion dollars worth of these metals which are lying dormant in electronic waste globally they're 80 percent of the world's electronic waste is unaccounted for and you know i can send you all the links for this this is world economic forum this is you know scientifically proven what, what does that mean unaccounted for nathaniel what does that mean we don't know where it is and we uh haven't got a clue how to access it yet we do and we've got plans we've got plans it's called the urban mine if you think about this it's not mining of raw virgin earth it's mining of your cupboard and if i'm not going to put you on the spot bonnie i'm not going to ask you how many laptops you have which are old ones that you may or may not have data you're not sure about and don't want to give away yet i don't have any laptops in the house no uh, but you've answered so i'm not going to put anyone else on the spot um <laughs> i know i've got a couple myself okay hands up right and i shouldn't have any but the urban mine out there 65 billion dollars worth of metals there's already enough metal out there to have a completely sustainable circular economy, what we haven't transitioned to is how to get those metals and identify them in the, in the first place. And so we're working with some incredibly um, innovative people. So Centerprise International is our core European IT asset disposal provider. They're based, um, well, they're, 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 you know, they're, they're, they've got a national framework, but they are having immense innovation breakthroughs. They're working with the Royal Mint, who have got an amazing bio-leaching method to get the gold out of circuit boards almost instantly and 99% of the metals out of those circuit boards in a very ecologically sound way to produce hundreds of kilograms of gold every year from all the IT waste coming out. So there's a beautiful future ahead if we can make the transition. Its question is how much can we do and how quickly we can do it. Um, the importance of recycle, repair, Apple are just starting now, but again, it's like 1985 all over again. You need the brain the size of the moon to, to figure out how to do your Mac, you know, repair your Mac properly. We'll get there, but we need individuals to take action and say, you know what, I'm going to educate myself. I'm going to try and do this and repair and recycle and make that change, both in business and at home. Well, that's why we hope a program like this with two people who are very committed, very diligent, both of you, and excited about this will inspire mm. somebody. If we inspire one person, right, Wendy, to get 100%. into the reclaiming of, min of materials, of metals 
from discarded IT equipment, wouldn't that be something good? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be just very valuable? We're doing our own CSR through this show. I'm going to say that. Wendy, I'd like you to respond to Nathaniel, please. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that what he's talking about in terms of I live in a circular economy, some of the things that we do in our philanthropic work are all around the things that he's speaking to, like extending the life of IT assets by two years makes such a big difference. Doing recycle phone drives, um, that's a popular event that we do all over the world, and then giving it to things like DB Safe Phone in Australia, who get repurpose those phones to domestic abuse victims, or to Medic, who's giving the phones or reselling them or recycling them to support healthcare workers all over the world on the ground to support you know, refugee camps around the world. Um, we have the power to influence the market and we're already seeing how that power works. And to Nathan talking about this beautiful future, as consumers, when we ask for these things, that moves the market. Maybe you know that your IT assets aren't going, they're not going to take them. But if you keep asking, that will become a function in the future. And I think just really empowering people to understand that the power of their consumerism can help make these changes. And we're already seeing it, obviously, in the ESG movement that's happening now. Like, this would not be a thing if the market wasn't dictating it. And that goes back to what we're talking about with the new generation having this, you know, com this commerce power that they do have now. So they're dictating the market. And the awareness. They have to have the awareness of it first and then they can do it. Nathaniel, I sense you wanted to say something else. Go ahead. I'll let you poke I, in. I here. wanted to add. Yeah, I wanted to add to that. Here's a stat you might not know. The IT industry is responsible for more carbon than the aviation industry. A third of the IT industry's carbon footprint is end user computing. Really? So if you think about the impact an individual has, whether they're an individual in a company who's going to after this, go and ask their IT manager, where does all this stuff go? Mm -hmm. Or someone who's sitting at home saying, you know what? I could go and extend the life of my computer by downloading, I don't know, let's say iGel software, which is a desktop software, which you've got an old machine, it can kind of go into the software of that and make it a new machine, it can last for two years. Now, if you extend the life of a single PC by two years, there's a brilliant study by Edinburgh Napier uh, University, a guy called Jim Hart is a very clever guy. He's ex-DEFRA in the UK. Um, he's now at Edinburgh Napier University. If you extend the life of a PC, it saves nearly 200 kilograms of carbon only by two, two years extra use of the same PC. If you continue to be able to use it by doing clever things, it's all out there. So drop us a line, go Google it. It's all out there. Take action because individuals, a third of the IT industry carbon footprint is end user computing. That's you guys right there. He's pointing Sitting a finger at, at us, Wendy, at everybody screen, on LinkedIn. Everyone. You've, all, you've, all been, you've all been tapped <laughs> by Nathaniel. Thank you. That's very interesting. I, I think we could do a whole show on statistics and a reality check on what the situation mm. really is. We talk in big terms, right? But we don't talk specifics. That's when people hear you when you say your computer could be or you could extend the life or what are you doing or how did you recycle it or where did you donate it? Yeah. This is talking yeah. to real people. But when you think about businesses, right? Enterprises, organizations, I call them the big behemoths. What are they doing with their we say, oh, it's time we're going to replenish the IT department. Everybody put your thing in a box and we'll ship it off and do good somewhere. Really? Is that the way it's supposed to be? I want to move on. Thank you. That was a, a great starting point there, Nathaniel. I'm not pointing. I'm just bravo. I'm bravoing. <laughs>
Wendy, I'm looking at your statement number five. We have to add to the alphabet soup. It's been about 20 minutes since I've had a couple of initials to add here. We had CSR, we have SDGs, we have UN, we have DEI, and now we've got ERGs. That's not the energy unit ERG, it's employee resource groups. Nathaniel knew that, he's nodding. And Wendy says, ERGs help foster an equitable and inclusive workplace and play a critical role in organizational environmental initiatives. Wendy, take, well, we got only 12 minutes left. Oh my, how time flies. Would you please take this, take about three minutes and Nathaniel, edge of the chair, you know the drill. Let's see what he has to say. Go ahead, Wendy. Yeah, absolutely. So this really meshes well, a great transition from what Nathaniel was talking about. So employee resource groups, employees, human capital, human capital is the largest risk area for technology. Um, so there are multiple material issues within technology, but the number one for any tech company is human capital. And the reason is, is because humans carry the intellectual capital of your patent or software whatever it might be that you produce as a technology company. So your ability to retain the humans that work in your space, your team members at your organizations is extremely important. And if you have high turnover and you're not able to engage your employees, that lowers your ESG score. Like that, like that makes you more at risk for being taken over or another company, like innovating things that are better than what you're innovating in your same vertical or market. And so how do you as an organization really focus on engaging your employees? Now we know that people don't stay ever, anywhere forever anymore. Um, the latest you know, Department of Labor in 2020 put out a survey in the US that between 24 to 34 years of age, you've got like 18 months on a good day. And so decreasing your time to proficiency in whatever the roles are you are in the organization is extremely important, but also the ability to be able to engage your employees is extremely important. So I can say, I just did an ESG interview yesterday. And one of the things that we talked about was like, how are you retaining talent? Is this something that the talent cares about? Our talent acquisition team and all, every single hiring manager I talk to consistently tell me that every interview that they have now, they're Candidates are asking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and sustainability. That they want to know about it. Like it, that is what they want to know about. If you are a purpose-driven organization, and so when you can tie that back to, yeah, as a matter of fact, we have ten employee resource groups, and one of them is called One Earth, and we do keep a micro lending to all these different economic, you know, like uh, entrepreneurs all over the world that are creating solar panels and circular economies within the communities exist in. We do a 30-day sustainable living challenge. April is um, Climate Action Month at BMC. And like we, these are all the things that we're doing. These are really great talking points for any organization to have, and they're easy to do. It doesn't cost a lot to print a calendar for their, or to have a 30-day sustainable living calendar or to have these conversations and to empower your employees to be a part of the purpose, right? So that's why these things are so critical because your ability to retain employees is really great to prioritize inclusion, to drive innovation, which helps your bottom line in a multitude of ways from creating revenue, creating new products. And then the cost of retention and turnover lowers, which is one of the highest costs of any organization. Thank you. I, I wish when I was working for big companies, I worked a lot in the financial industry for some big banks in New York on Long Island, back office banks, 
retail banks, commercial banks. I, I wish we had had something like that. I'm, I'm, independent, I'm an independent broadcaster now, but I wish we had had, that sounds like it would have been coming home from work and saying, yeah, look what I did today. I helped, I helped involve my company, my team, my work ethic in something that's bigger than just me sitting here doing this for the company mm. and taking home a paycheck. Mm. Nathaniel, I'd love for you to please comment on what Wendy said. Go ahead. Yeah, look, essentially, let's not dress it up. It's a massive business advantage, right? Staff turnover is a, a huge issue, right? Especially with the, the great resignation, all the rest of it. But, but it always was, right? And, and, and looking back at my times, what did you have for lunch two days ago, Bonnie? Probably one of my banana 2% milk frozen strawberry agave syrup work uh, milkshakes. Now, you remember that because it's in your diary and it's a regi regime it's rather than... It's just what I do. I have one or two of those a day. That's Right. Part... So it's a, it's a bit of... Yeah. It's, but if you ask me that question, I couldn't tell you. I have okay. no idea what I have for lunch. <laughs> sorry. Too. I was supposed I'm not to sure say if I our listeners, <laughs> If you're listening to this and you're scratching your head, I think that's where you are with me. Poignancy, memorable connections. I remember everything about the day we stopped and we went to a homeless... Uh, sorry, we went to a vulnerable chap's house in Windsor in the UK, just outside where the Queen lives in Windsor Castle. Um, a very different setting to Windsor Castle and Michelle Phillips, who's one of the f best um, HR leaders I've ever worked with in the industry, uh, encouraged us as a team to go and just get our overalls on. And however very challenging it was to be in that space when it was first, un you know, it was unclean. We, we painted it, we renovated it. I remember everything to what I ate that day to who I worked with. Now, the people I was doing that with weren't my normal colleagues. I didn't, re I didn't really know that I knew of them, but I didn't know them. I had conversations, a shared experience with those people that every time I then walked past their office desk for the next, well, forever, I knew who they were. We'd shared that human experience, which was um, Im impenetrably uh, lasting in, in the mind. And that kind of teamwork and collaboration is so hard to find. So let's look at this as a really mercenary point. It's not just mercenary. It's amazing that it's done. Your business will have an advantage if you're getting your people to be inspired like that and work in ways that they would never normally do in a really human organic way. And I love how it was called BMC Cares. When I, it's called BMC Cares now. And volunteering is great. We're, we're, we're beginning to work with VMware for, to get their volunteers to come with us on the trips to deploy the um, sustainable IT classrooms. So VMware is another company that are leading in that volunteering. And it's so great to see. Um, it's a business advantage. We re-recruit our employees every time they come to a diversity speaker series. They show up to an employee resource group. They volunteer. Mm. It is essential and it creates like these lasting opportunities as Nathaniel is mentioning. And also you're connecting people that never talked before. Maybe they identify yeah. redundancies. Maybe they're work both working on the same project. That's actually an example of that's happened. Maybe mm. they'd come up with a new product um, of ways that we can support our clients together because they're having these conversations. Certainly it's like a safe space to build psychological safety mm -hmm. for groups, but also too, they still talk about, they're still going to talk about where they work, right? Which is great for you as an organization. And think about this. This is, I'm, I'm seeing this as an internal example of CSR, corporate social responsibility is, are your people socializing? Are your people, right? Are your people talking? It's, <laughs> socializing, it's, yeah, rather than social impact. Yeah. It's, inter yeah. it's an internal social responsibilities. People should respect each other. They should 
hopefully listen to each other, care about each other, impact each mm. other, share ideas. This is part of DEI. But I've just come up with a new interpretation for CSR is get your people to talk to each other and work on things that matter to all of them together and communicate. Oh my goodness, this is a breakthrough show. We have only four and a half minutes left, but Nathaniel, um, I wanna bring in just one more statement. I don't think we'll have time for a back and forth, then we're gonna do some gratitude statements. So statement number six, Nathaniel says, ESG reporting is not the sole responsibility of the CSR team. The data that goes into building a transparent and accurate report comes from all functions. Talk about breaking down silos and getting people to talk to each other, right? Nathaniel, two minutes, that's all we've got, go ahead. Yeah, look, everyone's heard the term greenwashing now, right? So there is, this is the space race to, am I more sustainable than you? Hey, look how good we are. Look at what we're doing. And of course, there's a business advantage to looking good, right? Uh, that That's easy. The good news is there are some really good companies out there that are leading this space in this way. You've got Echo Vardis, you've got Sustainalytics. You've got many other companies as well, like you know, FTSE for good. You've got um, CDP, which is the Carbon Disclosure Project, MSCI in, in finance, and your Moody's ratings, and ISS Corporate, Ethibel's another one, right? So there's almost this massive startup industry of ratings on how sustainable, and reporting has to be transparent. I see the full spectrum, and it's instantly obvious who the real deals are right i've mentioned a few of their names right credit suisse and no big company is ever going to have no issues don't go into business if you don't want issues and whether you're talking esg or people issues or whatever your business function is it's the same for esg reporting there are going to be mistakes made along the way but on the whole there's a wonderful trend in actually being really accountable and disclosing complete transparency and it's all out there um, for the companies. And it's very, very quick to see which company is actually telling the truth with demonstrable um, statistics and, you know, real clear, you know, proof. I've mentioned, you know, shout out to Wendy, the, the ratings you got from Sustainalytics and, and, um, and the Echo Vardis are amazing. And that's a real coup, right? Real coup. Right, if you yeah. look at our industry and the other vendors out there, you guys are tearing it up at BMC and kudos to you. So beware of greenwashing, but yep. the, the, the surefire way of assuring that is to work with those companies I mentioned, especially Ecovardis, I think, more, uh, Morningstar Sustainalytics, mm -hmm. I'd highly recommend. Mm -hmm. And us for your IT asset disposal, we've got an accreditation starting soon called the Ethical Star Accreditation, <laughs> Thank which you focuses much. on sustainability for IT asset consumption disposal and also on mental health employee um, volunteerism. Thank you very much. Inspiring. Wendy, you want 30 seconds to respond to him? I can give that. That's it. Go ahead. Yeah, I think as you as an organization create like your ESG CSR journey or you're looking to iterate it, there are already best practices out there. Carbon Disclosure Project, Ecovadis, Sustainalytics, use those resources and those frameworks. It is a maturity model. The industry as a whole is going through a maturity model. It is not always 100% and everyone's always doing a new thing, new softwares are coming up, but stick to the people that have been doing it for a very long time, Ecobotis, mm. Sustainalytics, and the Carbon Disclosure Project. And of course, we just froze again. There's the word time. There we go. The word time, right? People have been doing it for a long time. We've looked back in time. Where did it start? Doing it for a long time. How much time do we have left? The time in the future for next generations to come on board. Wonderful conversation. I have a quick question, a yes or no answer, and one sentence short. Will we be still talking about this this way one year from today? Wendy, yes or no? One sentence. I'm really out of time. Go ahead. Yes. Why? One sentence? 
because it's a maturing industry. Thank you. Nathaniel Comer, will we be talking about this one year from today? We cannot afford not to. Boom. Very, very nice. We're frozen again. What can I say? I want to do a shout out. First of all, Wendy Rentschler, such a pleasure, a joy to meet you. So impressive. Really, you're an inspiration. And just keep on being you. That's all I can say. Nathaniel Comer, you are a a compendium of facts and figures and passion. (laughs) And I'm very, very happy to meet you and very proud to meet you, actually. And I wish you all the best with the really good work and the important work you and your company are doing. And I have to say thank you to Janelle Along Diacabana from BMC and to Hannah Cho and, of course, Stephanie Grubbs. Stephanie Grubbs. Main showrunner for this series, BMC, The Savvy Innovators, and a lot more coming on this show so bonnie d signing off and gabe is our engineer at voice america thank you everybody wave goodbye to our loyal audience on linkedin people stayed and watched and i think we did a really good job so stick around and nathaniel and and wendy are going to take some pictures and everybody wave goodbye to linkedin bye-bye Thank you for listening to The Savvy Innovators, presented by BMC Software. Be sure to join host Bonnie D. Graham on Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. You may start small, but start today. Where will your innovation journey begin? Reach out to BMC Innovation Labs at www.bmc.com to chart your digital transformation course.